Welcome to Uncomplicating Weight Loss and Life. I'm your host, Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, certified life coach, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help high-achieving boss women lose their weight for the last damn time and up-level their lives. When it comes to your health, weight loss, and this thing called life, I'm not saying it'll always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. All right, my friends, so today's guest, you're actually going to really love because she happens to be a professional chef, a weight loss expert, and a master certified life coach through the Life Coach School. Molly Zemek is a Le Cordon Bleu trained chef who spent years cooking for private clients while experiencing her own struggles with weight loss. And after trying every kind of detox and exercise program, she discovered that her inability to drop the pounds wasn't because she hadn't found the right diet, it was because she hadn't found the right mindset. Now, Molly is a certified master coach and helps other food and wine lovers lose their weight while eating the delicious foods that they want to eat. Please welcome my guest, Molly Zemek. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Eva. It's wonderful to be here. So Molly, you're the host of an amazing podcast called Weight Loss for Food Lovers. And I'm so intrigued by this name and how it fits into your story. So can you tell us how weight loss for people who really love food and wine is different? Absolutely. So I ran the gauntlet of dieting for probably two decades and just was on that hamster wheel of losing weight the hard way through restricting myself, counting calories, drinking all kinds of of detox shakes. And then inevitably just, I couldn't wait to get back to the food that I loved. And so it always ended the same way with me just regaining the weight that I lost and sometimes even more, which I know that your listeners can probably relate to. And I was really at the point of just Believing that maybe somebody like me could never really be at my ideal weight because I've always loved food. I mean, that is a big part of my identity. I come from a family of food lovers. I, as as you mentioned, pursued a career as a professional chef, primarily just to satisfy my own appetite. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I just love food so much, Eva, that I got to the point where I, I thought it was a choice between continuing to eat food I love or be at my ideal weight. And to be honest, like to me, it it wasn't a debate worth having because I would never give up food I love. But it was around that time in, it was around when I turned 40 that I just felt the most miserable I've ever felt. Like my my regular routine of unwinding every night with a couple glasses of wine and overeating and just feeling physically discom- feeling physically uncomfortable caught up to me in a way that I just thought like is this as good as as midlife is going to get? Like I just felt worse than I ever had and you know I had young kids and a husband on the surface, everything was exactly what I wanted, except I felt so deeply unsatisfied. And that's when I was introduced to life coaching. And I remember hearing um, a coach say on a podcast, food is not the problem. And those words just clicked with me as being the truth. And I didn't fully understand because for so long I thought food was the problem. But I was open to a different solution. And so it was through the process of coaching that I started to understand the role that my thinking played in my desire to eat 
I like to think of it as, you know, my emotional appetite. And, um, but the coach that I worked with had this idea that she taught everybody that food should be boring. That if you're somebody who loves food and you spend a lot of time thinking about food and that you're passionate about food, really part of the solution is to make food boring. And that was the part that just didn't jibe with me. And I, I wrestled with it because I thought, well, wait, do I have to give up my identity as a food lover? But I was willing to try and incorporate what I learned from life coaching with learning how to eat food I love in moderation. And when I discovered that, I thought, okay, like all the food lovers need this. And so that's why I call my, my podcast Weight Loss for Food Lovers, because I don't want people to think that you have to choose between loving food and weight loss, because I discovered that you don't. So that's always who I'm speaking to are, are the foodies, the food lovers, the wine lovers, because changing my relationship with wine was a big part of that. I love that. You're also a professional sommelier. Tell us a little bit about wine and weight loss. As I was going through the, the process of changing my relationship with food, I also needed to come to terms with my relationship with wine because part of, of the habit that I was attached to was overeating after I had been drinking wine. Um, and so in order to really eat in a way that helped me feel my best, I had to understand the relationship between those two. So it involved also thinking intentionally about how much wine I could continue to drink while still feeling my best. And that was a process. It took some time to figure it out. Um, but I was able to get to a place where I have a relationship with wine that I love, primarily because my priority now is feeling my best in my body. But again, with wine, I, I wasn't willing to give that up permanently. I mean, I still enjoy wine. I just don't love the effect of drinking too much of it. Yes. So what I always tell people when it comes to a relationship with wine or any kind of alcohol is that you can create the relationship you want. Now, I'm not talking about people who consider themselves alcoholics or addicts. I mean, that, that's an entirely different topic. But for people who feel like maybe they're just drinking a little bit more than what feels good or that feels like it works for their body, then for sure you can change that relationship. It's just, again, understanding the thinking, understanding how to handle the desire when you want more. And a really important part of it is understanding the reasons why when you drink, you tend to eat more because that's also a habit that a lot of people have. And so it's it's really unraveling the, the layers of, of those three things. And you can create a relationship ultimately that you want. But a lot of people discover when they start eating differently and taking care of themselves in different ways, that relationship evolves. It's not what it used to be, right? Because they have the capacity to, to handle their, their emotions in a new way, to feel better and relax in different ways that actually make them feel even better and they create experiences of enjoying themselves more with less alcohol so it's interesting just to see how that evolves as, as people begin to change their relationship with food too yes, absolutely and i think that's so important because i know from my personal experience there was a time in my life where i was probably drinking about a bottle of wine every night mm -hmm. and it was my way of reducing my stress right had a long day at work 
um, the bottle's going to help me feel better. As I started getting healthier, as I started eating better, and my body started changing, I started to learn that, A, I didn't need that to escape. I needed to process the emotions. But it was also, I don't feel good after drinking an entire bottle of wine. Even though I'd never felt drunk, I just didn't feel good, right? You wake up the next day, you're not that productive. You're kind of groggy. You're you're not at your best. And the, when you start taking care of your body, you start to realize, not in the case of, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to eat this or drink this again. But how does this feel after? What is the, the effect? Am I really my best self when I am slightly hungover the next morning? And then that's I, what's happened with me is I now know it's I know my limits and I know like I have to think about tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? It, even when I'm out with friends, it's like I know how to drink enough. I know how to drink where, where I'm listening to my body, but I'm not using it as an escape mechanism. Mm-hmm. I'm not using it to buffer it like I used to. And also, my body doesn't want all of that. My body does not need an entire bottle of wine. And when you really start to take care of yourself and love yourself in a different way, mm-hmm. you realize that you don't need certain foods or maybe just overdoing it, right? I think I had that issue with, I was just like, let's do a little too much, a little too much sweets and a little too much with the wine. But as your body starts changing, you start to take better care of yourself. And I think that's like where self-love and self-care really come in once you start making that shift with your thoughts. So can you talk to us a little bit more about that, like how you work with with your clients who are like, I don't want to stop. I just probably maybe need to put a little bit more um, boundaries around myself. Yeah, absolutely. So what makes a really significant difference is not believing that you have to stop. Mm Because you've probably experienced this too, Eva, where, you know, on traditional diets, when we believe that we have to give things up, it only creates rebelliousness, yes. right? It's like <laughs> me with the weight loss, like, okay, chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli. And then all I want to do is go all in on the wine and the chocolate and the chips. And then it just creates this unhealthy relationship because you've restricted yourself. Right. I think people have to establish a sense of safety around some of these things, too, because we've believed for so long that they're forbidden, that we have to teach ourselves, like, it's okay. In fact, I was talking to one of my clients this morning who who told me that she stands at the kitchen counter, like, really, you know, gobbling up cheese because she doesn't think she's allowed to eat it, so she would never bring it to the dinner table. And what ends up happening is that we overeat those things because we feel like we're not allowed to have them, right? There's that sense of the forbidden fruit. Mm -hmm. So the first step is just giving yourself permission, like really starting to believe or at least leaning into the possibility that I can have these things and I can teach myself how to have them in moderation. And and a lot of what I work with my clients on is what I call the pleasure balance. Mm So it's about recognizing that there is a tipping point in pleasure. So when you're eating delicious food, maybe food that you don't normally think of as food that would work with weight loss, you really bring consciousness to the experience so that you are optimizing your ability to to experience pleasure with eating it by really bringing your full sensory awareness to the eating experience. Whereas normally we're so mindless in our eating, we're thinking, I want more, 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 that we miss the whole eating experience, right? But with conscious eating, you eat it slowly, you pay attention to the flavor, you pay attention to the texture, you pay attention to the smell, like you just heighten the, the, the pleasure experience, and you also notice when that pleasure begins to taper off. So one of the things that I learned when I was in culinary school is that the, the majority of the pleasure in eating happens within the first couple bites, which actually makes it really um, doable to include some of these foods for weight loss if you're eating just enough to get that maximum pleasure 
without sacrificing the, the pleasure in your body. So the pleasure balance is like, how can I maintain full pleasure in my body while optimizing full pleasure in the food and figuring out what that sweet spot is something that I work with my clients on. And it takes practice, right? So we have to undo that thinking that more is better, which a lot of us believe. We have to undo that belief that when we're full and weighed down, that's when we're satisfied, right? There's a lot of layers to it. And we have to really just bring full attention to eating instead of getting into that mindless cycle of, of just trying to gobble everything up. For our listeners who are also like, yeah, I love food and wine too, and but they, but they also want to lose weight. What are some things that we can maybe start swapping out? Like, do you, do you, do you recommend swapping foods? Do you recommend um, using certain ingredients to give more flavor to food? Like, how do you Absolutely. make this work? Absolutely. And I feel like this is where a lot of my expertise as a chef comes in, because I have always been interested in maximizing the flavor in food. Uh, it's just that before, before I was introduced to, to coaching, I just was caught up in the cycle of, of the urgency to eat more and, and always believing that more was better and then you know feeling terrible. But what I recognize, which is what I, I, I tell my clients, is you need to choose ingredients that really have a lot of flavor and, and work on in, in including more of those in your repertoire of cooking. So some of the things that I recommend are spices. I recommend cooking with seasonal ingredients as much as possible because they're at the peak, they're at the height of, of their flavor. Um, f sourcing out great uh, proteins from, from local sources so that when you're buying them, they're, they're extremely fresh, so they'll taste better. Using full fat as much as possible because fat is a huge carrier of, of flavor. You know, so many of us fell into the trap of thinking that low fat was better with weight loss. And then we find ourselves just like eating a ton of the food to try and get the pleasure because it's not interesting. So those are some of the things that I recommend. And stocking your pantry with as many of those ingredients as you can. Spices, high quality oils, high quality uh, vinegars, uh, fats, really good produce, but also really just paying attention to the foods that you like, which is different for different people. I think Historically, with weight loss, many of us like discount what we like to eat or we think that it's off limits. And then we spend all of our time dieting, just waiting to eat that food. And so I, I talk with my clients and I figure, OK, what are the foods that you love? What works with your lifestyle? How can we make this convenient if that's a priority? How can we make this work for your full, whole family? And how can we incorporate different layers of seasoning? And it doesn't need to be complicated. I think that a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's easy for you to say because you're a chef. And I, I remind people, I have three kids, like three young boys. I am not making gourmet meals <laughs> every night, right? I have a full-time job. So I'm just using some of these different spices and, and fats and, and great produce and and really making pretty simple food. And, and actually, this is what the French and the Italians believe, is that simple food made with good ingredients is what tastes the best. I mean, you look at French food or Italian food, it all really prioritizes simplicity, regional ingredients. There's not a lot of processed food. Um, and, and you don't really see a lot of French and Italian people like eating a ton of food either. It's like they never believe that they can't have it. So it's just a real appre appreciation for food and really making sure that the food that you're eating tastes the best it possibly can, which makes it easier to stop it at less. Right, right. And I love that you brought that up, that you're a busy mom with three boys. God bless you. I have one boy and I'm like, that's a lot. Um, with three boys and you work and you're coaching and you have clients and 
you don't have to be, you know, Martha Stewart gourmet meals every single night. And I think sometimes we think that it's either this or that, right? It's either fast food or it's being in the kitchen for two hours. Right. And it's not, as you just said. How if if someone has that belief, what would you say to them? It's just like, no, you don't have to overcomplicate healthy eating. You can just do things that work for your lifestyle. How can you um, maybe suggest someone can get started with simplifying cooking in a healthy way that, that also supports their, their weight loss goals? Well, I think one thing that people often uh, mistake about the weight loss process is that they assume it's going to take even more time. It's going to be complicated. It's going to require a lot of meal prep and that they're already super busy. And so there are a lot of thoughts that are not necessarily true. And so I work with my clients in, in helping them first just take a step back and recognize how much time they actually have. Like when they're not overeating, they'd be amazed at how much time becomes available and how much more energized they are, right? My clients routinely say, and this was my experience, it's like, actually, I've got like twice as much energy when I'm eating food that feels good, when I'm not overtaxing my digestion. Like I have a lot more energy. My mood is better because I'm feeling better. And I have a lot of time. Like it's amazing when you when you take out the extra food, how much time becomes available. Or when you're deciding in advance what you're actually going to eat that helps support your goal and how you want to feel, how much simpler the process is. You don't have to make all of those decisions in the moment. You don't have to engage in all of that mental chatter and like, what am I going to eat? I don't feel like cooking. Like, okay, maybe I'll have this. Okay, who cares? Let's just go to the drive-thru. You eliminate all of that drama, which frees up a lot of time, a lot of energy, and actually even saves you money, which is, I think, surprises people to discover that. So what I, what I do is I begin with, with that um, possibility for people, and I help them kind of understand, okay, what time do you have? What food do you like? Let's think about simple things that you feel com confident making now. But the other thing, too, is I'm not opposed to, to takeout. I mean, there's so many great takeout options. It's never been easier where if, it, if you generally don't have the time or you don't want to make the time, there are so many other possibilities as far as what we can work with. So really within the first week um, of my program, I am all about making it as doable as possible. So that by the end of that first session, we've gotten to a point where the client is like, oh, yeah, I could do this. That way it's an easy win so that they're building evidence that, you know what, I can follow through on these things. It's not as hard as I think. We need them to, to create that easy win because then they'll start to notice how much better they feel. And when they notice how much better they feel, it's so much easier to just be on board and motivated. Yes, yes, absolutely. What would you say for those of us moms that, you know, we want our kids to eat healthier. We want to kind of take them away from the McDonald's and the, the fast food. And, you know, I think it's like they were born wanting chicken nuggets and pizza like that's like, I know I was trying to get my son off of that for such a long time what are some some ways to not maybe force vegetables on our children but also help them understand that healthy food is also it can also taste good it doesn't have to taste like grass oh yeah absolutely <laughs> well one of the things that has worked in our family because I initially went down that same path of like oh well it's got to be buttered pasta or it's got to be all white <laughs> food thinking that's just like what's accepted. And it's absolutely not true. I think that kids learn from us. Um, and I really, as much as possible, try and be an example. I'm definitely not a perfect one, but I try and, and, and really share my love of food. And the way that we do that is by introducing different vegetables 
and also not giving up on vegetables because as those you know parents who are listening right now have probably realized our taste buds evolve. So even if your child isn't crazy about broccoli, like their first couple of years, it doesn't mean that they're never going to like broccoli. And so you need to be willing to give it a chance. And so what I usually do is I will have a different vegetable that I will introduce. Um, I generally prepare it in a pretty simple way. But then the rule is like, you need to try a little bit of it. And then I make sure that there are options that, that there's at least one option that everybody likes. Um, but I have also not given my kids a ton of options. I've just said, this is what we're having. That's what my mom did with me. Yeah. And I just basically ate what she, <laughs> what she gave us. I mean, the other thing that I tried to really prioritize as much as possible is healthy snacks, because I learned early on that if my kids are, are eating a ton of, of, of snacks, that don't have a lot of nutrition, they're not going to be hungry for dinner. I mean, you'd be amazed if you're actually hungry, the, what you're willing to eat. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's just not giving up on the idea that kids can can develop a taste for it and not, in my opinion, falling into the to the trap that that kids will only eat certain types of foods. I think that we have to give kids more credit than that. I think that that they can be open to it, step into a little bit of that discomfort and begin to, to be more familiar with having vegetables around and um and notice, you know, how good it tastes and how good it feels. So Yeah, absolutely. And now, Molly, I know you have a book in the works. Can you talk to us a little bit about what it's going to be about? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's been a dream of mine for a long time to, to write a book about what I've learned um, through my own experience as a food lover and, and losing weight while still appreciating food along the way. So the book is all about how food lovers can lessen their focus on food and begin focusing more on their body. And so I, I like to think about my relationship with, with food when I was growing up in a family of food lovers as kind of a love language. I call it like the sixth love language. Um, is a lo love language of food. And so for me, food was such a big focus. It was a way that my family and I connected, that we um, showed appreciation for one another, that we bonded. And so I created that, that focus that ultimately sort of evolved into an obsession with food. And, and that pursuit of food and that pursuit of the next delicious bite, like all the way through culinary school and my work as a chef, what I wasn't doing was really focusing on my body. And my body has its own unique language. And once I, I did this work of, of uncovering the reasons why I, I was so driven to eat, I learned how to recognize the subtle language of my body. And so the book is really all about decoding your emotional appetite, right? This huge appetite that we have to eat when we're not hungry, understanding the reasons why you're turning to food if your body's not asking for it decoding your emotional appetite and beginning to understand the language of your body. And so I take readers through through my history. Uh, I use a lot of examples of my clients and the work that they've done and, and understanding the different um, parts of their emotional appetite and sort of the spectrum of the emotional appetite. And then also understanding the language of our bodies and how to really begin that dialogue with your body of knowing exactly what your body needs to feel its best. Amazing. So Molly, where can my listeners find you? Well, I have uh, my podcast, which is called Weight Loss for Food Lovers, which can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And my website, mollyzemic.com, has a lot of free resources, some free workshops, a free three-day course that I created. So there's a ton of value that you can get uh, just by, by logging onto that website. Um, my Instagram handle is at Molly Zemick. 
And then I also have a Weight Loss for Food Lovers Facebook page. So Amazing. And they will all be linked in the show notes. Molly, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Eva. I had so much fun talking with you. And that's all for today. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. You can have the health, the body, and the life that you've always desired. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Find me on Instagram and YouTube at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you on your journey of uncomplicating weight loss and life.